Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the head goalkeeping coach of New York Red Bulls, Yuri Nymanen. Yuri, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be on. Yuri, it's been a while in the making at least. Um, I finally remember those coffee chats we had in Hudson Street over the summer, but it's been great to finally get you on. As you know yourself, where I begin with every guest that I bring on, I ask them for their earliest football. That, that that's really easy. Um, I remember we uh, my my family is not really a sporting family, but I remember my father got uh, got cleats or boots from from col- his colleague, and he brought them home, and I had zero interest. Like I was literally throwing them out of the door and saying, "I don't want this. I want to play with my action hero dolls or, or whatever I was doing at that time." And then after that, I think. The second strong memory, which which is more positive memory, was when I met my best friend in the first grade, and and his father was a coach in the in the local team, and they asked if I want to come. I said yes, absolutely, I want to come. And at the same time, we went out to play in the snow, couple hours, and I think I never played soccer before that, or football before that, and yeah, I will never forget those those two moments. And it's amazing too. I mean, we were speaking over the summer. I mean, you had quite a unique playing career, Yuri, in that it got going, it was stopped all of a sudden, and that led to the transition into coaching. But for those that don't know, could you bring us a bit up to speed about what that playing career entailed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I hundred percent always dreamed about being a professional player, professional goalkeeper. Um, and I was fairly good for my age group in Finland. Uh, no problem with that. I was in the earliest selections for national teams and uh, never played a match or anything. But I was always short, uh, but kind of early developed. So I signed I signed contract with my with my um, home home club. Um, that of course gave some some hope that there is maybe potential uh, pathway to play a professional career and. Um, and I was 16 or even 15 when I signed that that contract. The, the club played in second year in Finland, and but there was no really youth. So I was the only youth player from the club that they could actually bring bring to first team. Uh, played on loan in some some third tier clubs in Finland, and really kept doing that. I was always pretty good for that level, as I understood, because I got invited for trials for for the second tier and, and first tier clubs um, as my own club went bankruptcy <laughs> while my contract was still running. Um, yeah, so but I was never really able to do, make that next step to to the level where I always wanted to go. But same time, I coached little kids since I was 14. So the coaching was always there. Uh, and I kind of felt that that I'm, I'm pretty good there. So I don't need to do much effort to, to be good goalkeeper coach but still wanted to wanted to try to reach the little dreams in in playing but it was always the same answer you at the end I'm too short and it of course it was really hard to accept but I think I quietly accepted that quite early and like every year started started to put more and more focus on on giving my chance to be a coach one day and and that's how it really went I think people speak about silver linings often a lot in football, Yuri, and people that have no regrets. 
And it's obviously on the back of something unfortunate happening. And for yourself, that's something that you can relate to because you indeed suffered ACL injury, which led to quite a long period of introspection in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Folklore. Yeah. Yeah, that was really a good good turning point in a way of of accepting that the, the playing career is short anyways and and like what I'm doing with the coaching same time or studying and all that takes me to the right direction. Uh so yeah, I actually broke my PCL, which is even more rare than the ACL. Um yeah, I, I remember exactly the moment when I was sitting in my in my mom's couch and was not able to move my leg at all. And I was thinking, this is this is not how I'm going to spend my months recovering. And I got this idea uh, of, of going somewhere far from home. And same time, like wanted to have yeah, several several new experiences. Like, first of all, get my leg into the fit. Uh, I wanted to be very far from home, more for personal growth. I wanted to feel like, who are the people that I'm going to miss? Um, what are the things that I'm going to miss? Um, learn about the culture, and also, also, I wanted to wanted to get to know another football and goalkeeping culture for my further, like, future career. Um, and now, I'm also thinking one very important thing um, for my future was that I found out that I really wanna live my life abroad as an expat or you know journeyman or how can you ever meet uh, call it. Uh, because I always thought I want to do it. And I was 21 at that time. And I felt like, okay, let's now see if it's my silly dream that is not real. Or is it real? And I went and I, I loved it. And I found new uh, layers on, on myself. And yeah, I think ever since it was even clearer that what, what I want to achieve in my in my life, really. And do you think, would it not be for that move that you wouldn't have gone on to have had the career that you've had today, Yuri, because it sounds to me that it was a monumental period of growth for yourself at the time. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, even now I'm thinking because I've been where I am now, I've been there here two years, and it's all the time easier and easier to stay where you are. So I think if I would be staying in Finland longer, I would also feel more comfortable and to make that move to to leave the country would have been maybe harder. I, I'm just imagining. Um, of course, first of all, it helped me to, to meet people because there was this, I made something different than a lot of people ever made. So even remember interviewing for the jobs later, uh, that was like, like what you said now, it's, it's untypical experience. So people that caught the people's interest, um, and also gave them an indication that, Hey, this guy is ready to do things. Like he's not only maybe talking, he's really ready to, to do things. Um, and also that drive. I, I knew exactly that this is what I want and this is what kind of life I want to live. Um, so it's, you know, it's clear and easier to drive towards something that you actually have a little idea what is it. And was that something that you held as a kid, Yuri? I, I don't know, really. I, I really don't know. I, I always... In a lot of choices in my life, since I was a small boy or teenager, I remember liking to do things differently. Uh, what comes to alcohol and, and ways how to use the free time and, and all that. I remember being quite stubborn with a lot of things and following my own path. But I cannot relate that on living up road or something because with my 
with my family, we didn't really have chance to to travel so much. Like we only did couple trips uh, when I was growing up. Like um, that's something that I've been thinking, but I cannot find the real relation uh, with that, to be honest. Because it's an interesting one. I'm not saying that we bear similar paths at all, Yuri, but in the slightest. But something I try to think about an awful lot of my own record is it the travel piece? Is it the football piece? Is it a love of learning? Is it just an inspiration on the day? It's hard to it's hard mm-hmm. to touch it. You know it's there, but you can't you can't comprehend what it is. You can't give it a title, so to speak. I I completely agree, but I would say it's maybe the hunger to learn and now the the biggest passion is the soccer but like soccer in so many different ways also not only um, uh, tactical technical concepts or, or something like that but really like the the deeper meaning and the and the different cultures and the um, different ways to live around that environment um, and that's how I know the, the whole map I know the map by the by the football and the national teams by the clubs by the cities where are big teams that's how I know the map, and and I'm really passionate about the geography also, and, and always relating to soccer or football. So yeah, it's 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 a really way of live, living, I think. Uh, and it's, it's really yeah, it's really yeah, unique. Yeah, exactly, and it's so it, it's like an it's like a whole, it's like an ecological thing that it we don't even need to kind of um, be fundamental with it or, or try to isolate parts. Or identify different little pieces. It, it's it's so amazing that it is the whole thing that makes us fascinated and makes us make moves and keeps us going. I must have said it better myself. I mean, you look at if we're looking back at that Buenos Aires experience, though, Yuri, it's very much like the drop in an ocean, which lets out of reverberations. I mean, since then, you've become quite the explorer indeed. I mean, we speak about cultural immersion. You've been a chameleon in many senses, adapting to many different environments. Finland, Estonia, Qatar, South Africa, the US now. I mean, how can you, when you're moving to these places, Yuri, how do you get a true lens into a country's culture or a city's culture when you're really caught on a hamster wheel of football when it really is a 24-7 job? Mm. I feel like the best best thing is first to speak with your with your colleagues and and if I'm if I'm thinking about the colleagues I'm I'm not maybe always thinking about the the assistant other assistant coaches or other coaches or the players I would maybe more go for the physios or doctors or, or team managers or people that are coming slightly slightly different pathway maybe that I'm coming from and those people are many times also a little bit less interested about the the game itself like I don't mean that they are not interested, but less interested, and they also willing to speak about the other topics and other things, and they give you another perspective that us coaches sometimes very narrow view on on your working environment, uh, so focused on the players, so focused on the on the result or training content or whatever. So I think those people have been many times the ones that gives me the direction where to look to, and and you know help me to see that things that are hard to see when you are in your hamster wheel um, and getting getting crazy on on uh, a small details on the IDP programs or, or whatever. So I, without preparing for this question, I think this is many times been the, the trigger number one. And of course, then when you settle to your to your environment and you 
you are in a certain kind of rhythm, you know how your days off will go and what are the days that you can maybe get home from work a little earlier or something, then you feel more comfortable to looking at the other directions as well. Um, and that that's how it goes, really. I think that that always happens in the second season, you know, <laughs> pretty much when you when you know your environment a little better. But also, like, I think if I look back to my experience in Estonia, for example, which is now, is it seven years ago or eight years ago, uh, I also feel um, more confident and relaxed in the environment um, through the experience. And, and that makes it easier to see the wider view also. Because, you know, I think in, and probably it's the same always moving into new job at the beginning, you want to make sure that you, you are on top of everything and, um, and you don't miss, miss anything because you don't know exactly what's going on. But, but, uh, also through the, through the experience, you um, kind of find a way to, to approach it, but also to see the right things, uh, if I may say so. And in your own experience, Yuri, of having worked at countless associations and clubs, I mean, can football clubs as a whole be doing better to integrate new players, new coaching staff amongst the group? I think, yeah. I think 100% uh, the clubs are more aware and the, the, the organizations are more aware, but there is still, unfortunately, a big difference between the, between the organizations. Like I, in this in this question, I maybe don't want to tell so many ex, uh, examples, but there is also been a very very challenging environments where the where the people think that they okay I give you already the money, so go and figure it out, and then it, then you're really relying on on a friends on the people who feel it they they know how it is to come to a new place, like actually just now I had I had a, a Danish friends visiting and and you know we we will be on the holidays so they will they will be able to use our apartment a little bit and we used to we st started talking about that and how is it to help other people and then i told them all the couches and and floors where where i've been living moving into a new place already on the times when i played went to a small towns in finland to play and people were helping me they let me uh, let let me sleep in their couch for example or, you know, moving into Estonia. First, I was uh, living in the, in the floor of um, the head of youth, the German coach, who is a really good friend of mine now. And I want to do the same to, to other people. Like people, people have been coming to New York. I, I, for sure, I, I offer them my couch, you know. So this is this is very important. Important thing that we as a teammates and, and future friends, we take the responsibility, we trust people and we make them feel welcome. Um, and hopefully the clubs, they also do the same. But I think this is what we can do. And this is number, for me, it's number one thing. For me, you know, hearing those stories about sleeping on couches, sleeping on hard wooden floors, they seem to be a rite of passage within the football and industry, Yuri. But again, at the end of the day, it always comes back to people. It always comes back to environments. I mean, if I did have to push you, what would you say was the environment in which you've done your best work? Mm, I think it's the, it's my current. Uh, it's really like all the environments that I have been to are very, very different to each other. Like extremely, 
extremely different. Like just to giving small example, small examples. Like in Estonia, I I belong to uh, five or six different coaching staffs, plus plus the the coach education department and the other small tasks like I, my my attention was divided to so many different places so that it was like a, you know full focus on something for two weeks and then next two weeks full focus on something so it was like jumping from camp to camp uh like nothing to nothing to complain about the environment like really really good working environment and then in qatar uh we had i would say 120 coaches there it's it's unbelievable that you belong to a coaching group which is so huge with all the departments and everything so also really really unique environment and i felt same time being in the in the in the top academy which felt almost like a factory sometimes and same time being in the in the in the university doing my you know my badges because there were so many things going on and different departments are are doing different things so that was that was fascinating but but i think i think still after all those experiences i mo- mainly enjoy the thing when we have our own coaching stuff and we try to create something um and and that's how it's it's currently and on besides of that i'm also like head, head of goalkeeping so i have also my own stuff uh, for goalkeeper coaches that we we want to create things and and you you know create innovations and and I'm also responsible for their development. So I feel I feel really good uh, where I am right now. And would it be fair to say here earlier on we spoke about ecological dynamics, speaking about how nothing can be separated, how we have to view everything as a whole. Is it fair to say that in your current environment, you know, you're head of goalkeeping presently? If I were to assume, I mean. That role is an extension of who you are as a person. That your identity isn't separable from the work. Would that be fair to say? That's that's exactly what it is. Like I have to go a little bit back again because um you ask about the first first coaching experience or first experience in football. Uh and my first experience about coaching is when I was maybe twelve and and I I was never coached. Uh, but this time there was a one of the better clubs from my my city, they trained in the same field before us, and they had a goalkeeper coach, which was amazing. So I was there one hour looking. They this was if I was twelve, then the other team was maybe under sixteen or something, and I was staring and looking. Wow, they have a goalkeeper coach. They have goalkeeper training. Oh wow, this is amazing. And after after they when they finished, that goalkeeper coach just stay in the field to do a little training for me and the other goalkeeper. And that was unbelievable. Uh, and that I, I many times relate to that moment when somebody was really helping me finally. Um, and I think this is one of the reasons why I'm a coach. Um, and that's the part that I enjoy most. Like I know we speak about winning, we speak about the results and it's super important. It's my choice that I, I, I came to a professional team and we need to win the games and my, my future is dependent on the wins and loses. And that's great. That's also amazing. I love that. But I think I'm still the guy who is more thinking about about helping people uh, and development and long term. Even that 
and I say it very, very openly because I think it's very important to have different kind of personalities within the coaching staff of professional team as well. So that's me. Um, so maybe when we when we win the game, I'm very happy. But I'm also very happy for the other coaches. And if I'm sad, I'm maybe more sad for the other people than for myself. And that's how I find myself. And yeah, it's me. I'm. I would love to help people. <laughs> it's an interesting one too, right? Because you were essentially Yuri, a specialist of specialists. <laughs> you know, we speak about the air to coach and being a specialist coach, being a goalkeeping coach. You have to be a lot more finer tuned, a lot more subtleties, nuances, and soft skills than perhaps other coaches. I mean, goalkeepers are a special bunch. You're training the mind, really, aren't you? As much as the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. And many times I go into this this question when, uh, sorry, to this answer when people are asking about the, the mental preparation or the, the, the sports psychology. Because if, if the training process is good, uh, if what I'm doing in the field is good, that's also, it should be also good mental preparation or psychological preparation or, or like however we call it, mental performance coaching. So it should be integrated. I don't say that I don't need help of, of a specialist or the goal, goalkeeper would not still need a good sports psychologist. But I hope that I'm able to create processes uh, during the week, which also considers this part. Um, and also like what comes to that, but also like individual development um, and all that. I think I have best resources to do that because I have a little bit less players to focus on daily like i don't mean that i'm not focused on the team players as well but really like the main 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 focus is might be on on two to six guys plus the academic guys that but there is also another specialist taking really care of them so yes yes and i'm i would hope sometimes that also the other players of the team members are getting the same attention uh because they could like also, another players as a supporting action, they could receive the similar attention that the goalkeepers are receiving from me. Um, and maybe I just continue to to another topic that you asked a little later about the previous, sorry, a little earlier about the previous experiences. Like, also when I was in San Jose, that was maybe the time when I really enjoyed coaching a lot because my my role was a little bit extended. I did also the duties of the assistant coach. So, but also my approach to that was pretty like individual, um, like a little bit like supporting work to teamwork, like an individual based, more feedback, more, um, more like an attention to details, a little bit more and all that. And did you struggle managing both Yuri at San Jose? With the goalkeeping coaching and being the assistant, mm, I don't. I I was very fulfilled. I was really satisfied because I felt myself extremely important. Um, maybe I managed to to ma- manage myself because I was really really burned out after this after that season. Um, but no, not really. But I think the reason to that is that I I made this decision already years ago. Uh, while my time in Qatar, that my only way to get better as a goalkeeper coach is to become better football coach. And ever since my main focus is 
is always been to understand more about the game. And then I, I, I will be able to understand more about goalkeeping. Like I decided to make that, that kind of turnaround quite early that I'm not goalkeeper coach. I'm a football coach who is specialized in goalkeepers. Like you said earlier, specialist. And, and I think that's why I've been, you, you don't get me wrong if I say pretty advanced with my, with my method, because that's, that's the, that's the starting point. And I'm, I've I've found myself from there, um, yeah. So I think I think this is this is the most important thing for me. I think to pick up on one of your previous points, though, Yuri, it's interesting when you speak about being a specialist coach. That obviously you're only responsible for a group of four to six. Again, four to six being a big enough number, but it would be reasonable enough to suggest that outfield players aren't getting that same service. So there's a case there of less is more. And you, as the head of that department, you're getting a fair and more accurate read as to the work and as to the service which you're providing those keepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's of course that's providing us the special opportunities to to bring more quality and and more details and and everything. But like, still, my work it's my work is nothing if I'm not able to connect that that to the team and what is happening with the team and what are the needs of the team and how everything, every single action is in relation to the playing style that we're doing um, in, in relation to the, to the last line of the defense, most part um, and the continuity, what we want after. So I think I'm only able to, to go, go a little bit further in the detail if I understand all the needs um, and where they're coming from, really. Like, what's the dynamic be- behind that? And if we were to zoom back out then and reflect upon you as a player, I mean, we speak about the art of goalkeeping, Yuri. I mean, how would you like to have been coached by you as a goalkeeper? Hmm. My, like, how I've been, in as a goalkeeper, how I was involved in the trainings, uh, I have I have so little experience. Like I I was most of the time running the thing. Like since I was a really young bo- young boy, even if the if my second goalkeeper was almost forty year old, I was most of the time the guy running the running the thing. So it's really hard to to say. But I would say uh, I would like to see more open situations because I felt like I was always in a really really good physical shape. And everything that like the being physically fit and fast and be able to jump high and all that was in center of of everything. And then I remember feeling like you finally get into the game situation, and I don't understand what's happening there. Like everything is surprise always. So I feel like with a at least with a little guidance, and maybe to see those those situations that I will see in the game. It would help me a little bit because I feel like it was panic in the game situation, like surprise after another. Uh, you know, because a lot of the teams that I was, like I did something with by myself or with the other goalkeepers that was many times very physical. And then you go into the shooting drill or something, which is very simple. Maybe it's a cross and finish or something. Not, not I would say almost never defenders relate uh involved and then you go into small-sided game and that's not the picture that you're gonna see in the game 
those are just the little parts. Um, and that's why I think I also played futsal. So myself, I was way better in futsal because I could understand 4v4. Everything is happening in a little bit more narrow field. Options that are happening, it's, it's a little bit easier to learn and study the movements. So I think this is this is absolutely the thing. I would be so happy that I wouldn't be wouldn't be every single time surprised what's happening in the field, you know. Is that something which you think about often? What it would be like to be a pro keeper in the nowadays? I mean, your career didn't end that long ago, mm. but it's almost it's an unfair question too, Yuri, because mm. goalkeeper back not too long ago compared to now, suffice to say, it's almost a different sport. That's right. That's right. Uh, mm, like it's it's a little bit hard for me, for myself to speak about Yuri as a goalkeeper because I think it was a painful thing to realize like I cannot make it. So now I I feel like I never had a chance because I'm short, you know. So it's really hard to to have that comparison. But what what can what I can say was really that I had these two things. I played played really high as a sweeper keeper. Like the people were always talking about, you're going to get red cards. You're going to get red cards. I never got one. Reading the reading the game and being fast out of the line. And maybe that was a little bit new thing at that time. So was able to surprise opponents. And then ball on my feet. Like I was pretty good with passes and with build up and all that. So I think that profile would, would definitely work. But... But no, not not to receive any crosses or shots, <laughs> you know. And but that's why I think that's why I also had pretty advanced uh, advanced way of um, approaching the modern goalkeeping because I was that way, just by because it was my own idea. And you think you need to have that curiosity? You need to have that sense of exploration to be a good goalkeeper, because obviously mm-hmm. those into yourself. I mean, you're always involved in a coach education piece. When you mm-hmm. were playing, so it's like yeah. an infinite amount of what you could consume in terms of education. I, totally, totally, and and this is why I'm a coach today because I was so passionate. I wanted to learn. I wanted to help myself. Um, I remember when I lived lived in uh, north of Finland. I was 17 and I lived by myself. Um, all all the like free time, I went to the library to to read magazines or books or whatever was there. I remember uh, reading them bodybuilding book or or the, the magazine or the, the runner's magazine just to get more information about the nutrition and you know trying to get every single material on goalkeeping uh, that's why I, I use all my holidays to go to try to see uh, coaches or, or teams or goalkeepers to find more information to be able to help myself and then to do training for kids and, and I think this is the only reason why I when it was time to really coach, why I felt like, hey, I'm actually pretty good. Like I might have a chance to make a career out of this because I was so many years preparing myself with the with the in pieces of information of sports science or nutrition or, or whatever. Curiosity, that's the word, right? Exactly. And are all those notes, is all that information put away in one big black box back at home in Finland? Mm-hmm. Pretty much on my mom's, uh, mom's place somewhere, yeah. <laughs> unlock I mean for someone then who's so fine attuned to the service of your own goalkeepers I mean for you there seems to be no real separation between performance and development Yuri where do you see the evolution of the goalkeeping position going in the coming years mm, 
this is a hard question because I think when I when I hear the same answer from a lot of my colleagues, they are speaking about the present day. You know, it, like so many things are there already, like how active the goalkeeper is in every phase of the game. Like I don't even mind talking about 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 you know on the ball goalkeeper is eleventh man. Yeah, it, it is. It, it just now depends on on the team and the coaching, uh, the philosophy, the playing style, and all that. Like how much, and we could go really far with that. Um, so there is nothing to to develop in that anymore. Like I'm always joking to my friends. Like my dream is to see uh, see go overlapping goalkeeper, that the goalkeeper is overlapping the centre back and you know creating the numerical superiority on the outside space or something. Um, but that's more a joke. But I think like. One year ago, I would say that something that I'm really passionate about is the covering the goal together with the defenders. So that there is like a principles on, on who is blocking which side and, you know, goalkeeper have a better chance to anticipate situations because he has more information what is in front of him. But I think there is nothing new about that. I've been doing and now my colleagues been doing also like uh, conferences and presentations about that. So this is not another like a standard nowadays. Um, uh, I'm hoping that that to the coaching method in general, uh, we bring more the the real element of anticipation because there is always a discussion about about don't guess, don't anticipate, don't you know, don't cheat. No, but it's necessary. So we need to do that better now. And what are the moments when the goalkeeper should should anticipate and how to anticipate? What are the tools to anticipate? Is it going early? Is it having a little momentum jump? Is it leaning towards one direction? Is it even faking one direction and going to another? Because uh, just because statistically from certain distances, it's really hard to save the ball. Um, and then same time, what are the moments not to anticipate? Uh, so this is more development that are for sure coming to the coaching method. Um, um, I'm thinking sometimes about um, about the posi- goalkeeper positioning in crosses, like because so many so many goals are now conceded from uh, low crosses or cutback crosses. So, what is the cooperation between the between the players and the goalkeeper in those situations, like setting setting up like a zone zonal defense? Uh, if you should maybe prioritize certain areas more and if that would manipulate the goalkeeper position as well because the, the options of the, the player finishing are more limited. Uh, this is something that I've been trying to, to research, so maybe I we find out something there. But otherwise, the, it's, it's really hard to say what is next. And of course, I, I'm hoping that I'm already on a little, little loop there, uh, you know, trying to bring those things in 100% but I honestly think here what it comes from is just more accurate representation of the goalkeeping role because people in football love to put things into different boxes when we speak about the goalkeeper being involved in the build up look at Hugo Lloris and Tottenham he's certainly involved in the build up but it's a very different role to what Robert Sanchez is at Brighton in terms of the angles the distances from the goal the positioning which you don't totally really see on TV mm-hmm. Yeah, really. And like I said earlier, like there is so clear roles for every single game phase with the tasks and, and everything. So it's really, really up to what we want. And our job as a coach is it's same for you and me. It makes no difference is to prepare all these 
all these boys and girls that we working with that they are able to do what whatever their coach in 20 years from now is asking it's interesting though nonetheless because you hear about all these future game conferences coming out in the premier league and then you look at fifa's role clarification about it as well when they look at positions in football they only have two one being the goalkeeper and two being the player so i mean it would be pretty cool someday if you could see a further involvement even one more so from that and not quite look at overlapping goalkeepers, but goalkeepers just being recognised as a player as a whole, which for me, I look at some teams mm-hmm. playing Europe, in Europe nowadays and there's just really no separation. I think in terms of what Robert Sanchez, what he offers Brighton in the build-up in terms of, obviously, you look at countless cases, mm-hmm. Bederson at Man City. I think we're doing a disservice to goalkeepers, really, and you represent the goalkeeping union. I don't think these guys are analysed to the depth and there yeah. is a lot. There's a lot of goalkeeping analysis left on the table. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I think, it, 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 like defining the attributes of a player or something. Yeah, you could have. You could have. This. Uh, this is what the football player is, and these skills are additional to goalkeeper, because it's two different game phases. Really, is to to be one of the players, or to be the guy who is defending the goal with the hands. You know, using gloves. So I think it's more like these these are the requirements for everybody in the in the football field and these are the additional requirements for for a goalkeeper you know so 100% and obviously what you're looking at there is high detail stuff but you know mm-hmm. what coaching there's a lot of preparing there's a lot of fine tuning especially when you're on the hamster wheel of an MLS season like yourself Yuri I mean where do you, where in hell do you find the time to grow and develop mm, I think for me it's the daily routine already like, uh, I I don't even think about it. I I see that as a as a priority almost because only by take, making sure that I'm staying healthy, uh, staying fit, but also developing myself and updating my own understanding on the game and on goalkeeping. Only that way I'm able to provide for the goal, for goalkeepers, and I think that's in my in my working method already because I never use same drills. I Even if I use the same drill, I every single day I develop it again. I go again to the game situation. I look what is happening in the game situation. And this can be our game or this can be Premier League game that happened yesterday. If, if that works with the topic that I'm working with and I go through it again. I never just take it and set it up on the field and run it from the session like I did last week or last month. I do it always again, uh, and I've always done it that way. And, and and I hope that the session that I do today is better than I did last week, even if it's almost the same same session. But probably today the starting point of the balls is slightly different, and you know the way how we rotate the goalkeepers is maybe slightly different. Um, it's it's just most natural thing for me. And, you know, I try to give myself different projects and tasks that, you know, I'm also not only developing myself for today, but also for for five years from now. Exactly, and creating a stimulus. But, I mean, to perhaps ask a better and more accurate question, Yuri. I mean, when was the last time that you've thrown out one of your deeply held beliefs when it came to goalkeeping? Last time there perhaps would have been a big sea change in how you view the position, how to coach it. Now you're gonna, Now you have to ask again the question. Oh, it was too complicated for me. When was the last time that you shed 
one of your deeply held beliefs about goalkeeping. Does that make sense? Mm. No, I sorry, made, I cannot understand what you mean. When you made one big change to how you coach goalkeepers, ah, or how change. you yeah, 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 or how change. you change positions. Yes, sorry. No, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, Yuri. I'm getting an awful lot of crap for my Irish accent in Canada as well the last month, so it's not only you. No worries. It's, but hey, it, we are here to learn, right? Uh, like, what, what is the big change? Mm, I think the big, big changes are coming with the change of environment. Like, for example, I have now so much less time every single day than I had in, in South Africa. And same actually in San Jose. So that is forcing me to make big like changes, um, and that that has been only developing my my method to set up exercises, and I'm I'm very happy with that with that development. It's been it's been great. So I think there is there is this big change now, um, but it's not really related with the with the method. It's more oh it's method, but it's more uh, related with the setup. And it's more related with uh, with using people differently, but it's not that the picture that the goalkeepers are seeing is different. Um, I think the transition from San Jose to South Africa, I gave up a little bit on the on the technical details, how much time I use with the technical details, what comes to every single goalkeeper and every single technique, uh, and that was not easy because. Uh, because I, I think I'm pretty good at that and I like that a lot, but I felt like I, it's necessary if I, if I want to move forward and bring uh, all this decision-making and anticipation and, and tactical details and perception and all that into that training field. I need to, need to make compromises in some areas. Um, so now I'm more selecting individually what are the technical details that I want to fix or fine-tune or or be more focused on so it's not that every single guy has to get to perfection in every single technique talking about professional goalkeepers it's more that i try to analyze what are the priorities uh once again because i have to because you cannot do everything you know doing everything is at the end compromise also but that but that's interesting too yuri because you speak of that compromise as being necessary to your own development have you had experience where you've seen colleagues or people at other clubs in your position who failed to compromise and they paid the price for it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like to be brave, not to do something is very important. And and also like what comes to to head coaches that I've been working with, the ones who are brave to say this is what I am, this is what I am not, this is where I am not sure, and this is what I need to learn. Those are the best people. And also, like, not feeling that I need to cover everything. I need to cover everything just to be able to say that we did it. No, you need to know who you are and you need to know your priorities. I think that comes back around then to having a good team of people around you, mastering the art of delegation, because there's no heroes here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And be brave to be yourself. Like, be feel comfortable to be yourself and say, no, this is not what I'm doing. I understand this is existing, but I am not doing it. And not not trying to, you know, justify yourself everywhere all the time, because I think this is not how you really develop something special. You know what, before we wrap up, Yuri, I mean, it was an absolute pleasure 
having you on tonight, but it was even more of a pleasure when we actually sat down and had coffee there in Hudson Street in Manhattan for what was it over two hours there in July. And we spoke about a lot of parallels on both of our career arcs, so to speak. But in research for the show, you know, I was looking up a few old Finnish proverbs <laughs> and uh, what one which I found, which I think reminds me a lot about your own journey, is that those who ask for the road won't get lost. And yeah. we spoke about, you know, you necessarily might not have that physical home, but you certainly do have a spiritual home. I mean, for you, will the exploring ever stop? Have you an end goal? Um, Like, yeah, I have clear goals in my career, what I want to achieve and what level I want to work and, and maybe even what leagues I want to work. But this is not an end goal. This is just the, the step, you know. Uh, and I, I see myself staying in a, in a place where I feel good and, and my family feels good and everything. But I don't see the journey that way, that there is stations and end stations and all that. So I think I have so much curiosity about life and and willingness to to understand more uh, about about world that I don't see myself really making the making the dream move to X country and city and staying there forever. I, that's not me. I can commit to the project for five years or something. I I can imagine myself doing that, but I think my my inner inner curiosity and and um, passion and everything will will come out and you know you wanna you wanna see something else and you wanna um, learn something else and you wanna feel I wanna feel weak again also I don't wanna master my my environment because then I feel like okay well and what now you know. I truly believe, though, if we picked up the phone again and had this conversation in 10 years' time, you'd approach this with the same energy, the same passion for your craft, which you do have now. I've decided that if I'm not, then I do something else. Uh, and I think that's something that I've, I've, I've promised myself, that I also want to keep developing myself in, in various uh, areas, in terms of language or in terms of coaching badges or, or whatever, that... If I want to do something else one day, I'm I'm capable of doing or doing it, or I'm qualified to do it. But right now, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Uh, I am not even thinking about doing anything else. But if I don't have the energy or the passion, I think I'm pretty average guy, and that's not what I want to be. Wouldn't discount yourself like that, Yuri. Um, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And I don't doubt that there'll be countless people that will listen to this indeed and will take inspiration from it, like me, nonetheless, write notes like a maniac here on the side. But, you know, for anyone who is inspired, Yuri, or who wishes to thread a similar path to what you've just elaborated upon today, I mean, what advice would you have for them? Mm, I think ask. Always ask the questions. Uh, listen to people um, and think what's what is behind their their answers like honestly these are one of the rare moments that i'm i'm telling my my story a little bit because not a lot of people ever ask like i think i'm still in every single conversation and every single table i'm the guy who is asking the questions because i want to know i really really want to know what what people are going through or what are they thinking so i don't get to share my thing so often and i'm fine with that because i feel like if i'm talking i'm not learning uh, so I think 
that's number one. And the other one is is like define what is being brave because a lot of people they speak about yeah I'm not brave enough or I have to be brave. But what is that really like? Is it brave not to live your own life the way you want to live it? No, I think just that's just a normal. And I understand it's it's difficult, and it it requires um, like revaluing a lot of things. But I think I think why not? <laughs> why not to live your own life in a way where you want and and then just believing in it and then ask questions from the people that have done it. Well, Yuri, I'm glad you've done all the talking today because I've certainly done all the learning. It's been an absolute pleasure to finally have you on. Thank you so much. It was really, really pleasure.